And you're listening to another edition of Film Q. <laughs> you like that intro there? I think so. It's my best yet. Um, <laughs> today we have yet another guest. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Willem Ador. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That pretty much sums it up. Um, it's, so it's fine. Everybody else is the same thing. So There's nothing special about me, yeah. honestly. You fit in with all the other... 800 people I brought I was like I'm work. gonna be cooler than Thomas I'm gonna have like an intro and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I just rolls like oh William Ador okay <laughs> as soon as you turn the mic the red light goes on it's like no <laughs> everyone shuts down um shots fired you? at Thomas though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling out Thomas I was watching that straight out of Compton movie <laughs> <laughs> there's an aggression now yeah um Andres you said you wanted to talk about something yeah uh we both watched uh, me and Jeff both watched The Gift, but but separately. I just wanted to yeah. like mention how good it is, and that you should go watch it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's pretty much the sum total of what we can say. I don't. Uh, the the other bit that I want to say is who the fuck took over for like Jason Bateman? Because I didn't, I didn't, Red I didn't Man? see him at all. I didn't, Well, I knew he could play the asshole because he's been. That's essentially. Oh, but there. Like, did you watch Bad Words? No. There's, there's, I, I have like it's on my movie network thing, and I keep scrolling past it. I'm like, eh. I still like, there's there's the asshole, like the, uh, like a simple asshole, like, and then it's what he was in that movie, like in it's, the gift it, or in bad words, no, in the gift, yeah, yeah, like it's like it's on another. Oh yeah, level. the gift. He's, oh, he's like fucking evil. He's despicable. But it's weird. What's great about that movie is, I this isn't gonna give anything away, but it's just so fun how it toys with your sympathies. Like one, you're on one side, then you're on another side, then you're on a cold different side, and at the end you're like, "What? Like, who, what the fuck is going yeah, on? What's who do I trust? Essentially, right? Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what all we should say because Simon says go watch it. <laughs> yeah. And what did I, what was my review? Uh, actually, yeah, I just stated the theme of the movie. It's secrets, right? Secrets and lies and all that. And so, the movie appropriately is very much a secret. So, go watch it like post haste <laughs> yeah but other than that today we also watched this week straight out of compton and i Woo! know for <laughs> that should give it away there uh we have two people here who seem to have loved it whereas loved it. i walked out of the theater with a razor blade to my wrist <laughs> not that bad I'm, exa- I'm exaggerating it's not it wasn't it wasn't worse than let's say i like the born in the south paw i think Okay. I mean, and you, movie, actually. you heard how I was after South Paul. I was almost defeated. You were, you were so like indifferent. <laughs> exactly, and indifferent is the. I I'd rather really dislike a movie than be completely indifferent towards That's it. That's how I feel about Focus. Like I walked out of Focus <laughs> and I was like, that was a thing. Yeah. And it and it happened. It exists. It, you don't like Focus? I I didn't care. Nothing. It didn't That's make it. me. It wasn't like uh, I saw. I think I saw movie Max about okay. the dog. That, I just straight up hated that movie, <laughs> and there was like so, and then there's a bunch of movies I've, I've really liked, but then Focus is right there in this shitty, awkward spot where I'm like, I, I my life could have gone on. It's like on oatmeal. Have you ever had oatmeal? I love oatmeal. Okay, then, bad example. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think oatmeal is bland <laughs> and doesn't have any flavor. But I mean, it's not bad. It's just you know. I thought the first half was pretty good, but oh, the oatmeal. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I have the whole meal. And then I'll just throw it out. The second half of the whole meal is like, whatever. Yeah. Focus? Yeah, focus, yeah. I mean, 
the only thing that, the only thing that saved focus was uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. And I Margot Robbie. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just keep saying Margot Robbie, and hopefully she'll come on the show. <laughs> That's the rest of this episode. Yeah. Uh, you can you can tune out now. <laughs> Top five movies of the year: Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I did not care for it. Tell me, I mean, first let's start off. Why did you like it? And maybe I can figure this out. Um, straight from the beginning, when we're like put into this intense uh, drug deal that went wrong, I knew like this was the adrenaline filled at moments uh, movie that we were gonna have, and they kind of show that from the trailer, which I was kind of nervous about because I had seen the trailer more than enough times before it came out and I remember seeing like the trailer and seeing how quick pace and everything was going to be and right from the beginning and all that happened before the title credits even came up and it was it, it, it was, was exciting it was really intense it yeah. set the tone for the whole movie for me and yeah even when the was it the SWAT team or I don't know what it was but they just rolled on with like <laughs> a tank it looked like yeah, yeah. yeah. and a tank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a tank yeah, I just ran through like this house and yeah. it hit the girl. I was like, man, this is so real. That girl, oh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Don't get me wrong. The best part of this movie is that intro sequence. Because that was cr- like when, yeah, when the battering ram comes through the door and she goes flying into the yeah. wall, I'm like, this is amazing. You see, you see like, easy, he's, he's like running, he's pushing people like yeah. in the side. It's so like quick and yeah. intense. He escapes through the window. And you like, it's it's it has a purpose because they're uh, establishing the world that these guys are coming out of. Yeah. So I get it and I liked it. It's everything after that title sequence where it goes to shit for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, not and not in okay. See, I'm using strong words just to kind of <laughs> you know to exacerbate my again? <laughs> exaggerate my position against you guys. But really, for me, it's just I didn't like it because it's not saying anything. It's it's not doing what I feel like a movie should do period mm-hmm. and especially a movie about these such important uh musical i don't know what do you want to call them almost prophets in a way right um, um bu- this is basically my thing with biopics is you don't just tell their story you have to say why their story matters to us like um i feel like the ending of this movie should have been that shot with the blood and crips bandanas tied together because that is essentially that is the point of nwa right they united i I will admit the the ending of the movie like made me cringe a little i was a little aftermath aftermath i was like Uh, (laughs) as soon as it happened i was like man fuck (laughs) i was like why not only is it like the batman scene with oh i like your name robin or whatever right not only is it super (laughs) stupid to just drop that just because people are gonna be like yeah i recognize that but uh it's it just dumb because what's it saying? What's the point of that? It's nothing. Exactly. There were, there were these uh, two guys sitting in front of uh, Will and I. I find this, I found a little similarity between this and Fantastic Four, uh, in the sense that there are there's, Go on. There, <laughs> there. It seems like there are a little bit like two halves to the movie, and both halves are kind of different. Uh, that has to be with about yeah i mean the first half is nwa and the second half is the three of them uh separated but i had no i know some uh reviewers going on about how they thought that the second half was far weaker i don't think it was far weaker but i noticed that with these two people in front of us they were kind of a little less interested uh they went from rapping along to every word Mm -hmm. which uh, is awesome which (laughs) is 
to uh, to checking their phone at times. But when Dre said aftermath, for some reason they lost their shit. Yeah, of course. So that's the one, one guy was just like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> deep. <laughs> um, for me, it's fucking. The second half actually had some of the most most compelling drama in the movie. Yeah. Because for the first half, I was like, "There's no conflict. These guys are just sailing through, right?" There's it's a like, little hints of it. That's just barely, like, but yeah, because it's just establishing cute, the second just being half, like, right? I don't, I don't trust this white guy. Yeah, and that's it's, <laughs> it's all exposition for what happens in the second half. And so when it finally starts paying off in all these conflicts, I was like, "Okay, I can, I was, this is fine. This is one story that maybe this is the story you should have been telling." But instead, they want to do what all stupid biopics do is that they want to do a greatest hits of these guys' lives, right? This is when they met. This is when they formed. This is when they made their first album. This is It's boring because there's no conflict. It's just giving you snapshots of what's happening and, and it doesn't say anything. It's just saying... It's a basically the film adaptation of their Wikipedia page. Kind of. Minus some of their more vicious moments as well. And there's a lot of vicious moments. Yeah. What? I don't know. Get, what, the hotel vicious? scene... Well, no, I, I, I was referring more to like, uh, like how Dre beat the, that woman up and is completely missing in the film. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, it's not in the movie, right? No, it's that not. But that's actually, yeah, I'm like, I didn't sleep through that. Did I? No, <laughs> it's no, it's because it's uh, the movie's produced by Dre, yeah, by Dre Q. Oh, the, oh yeah. And I believe also uh, uh, Eric's. Uh, wife i think as well mm-hmm. so it's like the three of them and they're not they paint them selves they're not gonna paint themselves as horrible people which no is... they paint them it it's realistic enough for them to be like yeah we were we were quote bad well, people but but at the same time it's like they also they're like oh shit gets bad even... i'm gonna step back a little yeah i mean that's i wouldn't i wouldn't say they paint themselves as bad people as people in a bad situation who well recognize the badness well that, that, that that's step what away. but uh, like i agree with you I'm, but they never cast themselves as implicit in some of that stuff. It's more like it's like we did bad things, but we weren't alone, or we were pushed to do yeah. those bad things. So and it's, like, it's more to... relatable. No, no, I get it, and it's it's fine. But for me, is that if you're gonna whitewash the story, <clears throat> at least have a story that you're trying to tell instead of it. And this, to me, is not telling a story. It's just giving you a checklist of facts. But did you like where, how they introduced the Rodney King controversy? Um, well, like I said, because that is the, should have been the ending of this, the film, right? Because that's the ending of the story is where finally these things have come to light, right? With the NWA, it's them rapping about it. And then with the Rodney King video, it's finally people seeing the injustice, yeah. right? And so with the LA riots, it, that's finally the, the lower class poor black people coming up and, you know, showing the unrest that's at the heart of the LA and all of the United States, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. To be honest, I wasn't really expecting that. So when I saw it, I was like, it's pretty surprising for me. Exactly. And, and I feel that was the ending of the film because finally this stuff has come to light, right? And to offer a solution would be wrong because look at these past couple of years, we've had all these horrible Ferguson things, yeah, exactly. Mike Brown, yeah. all these horrible incidents. And yet, so we, it feels like we're not making any progress. And so that's why I was looking forward to this film because I the context in which it's coming out of is the perfect context to tell the story of the NWA. So yeah. you just want like a different ending to it. It's like, weird because I don't want to say, I don't want to play armchair director and say they should have done this, they should have done that. But when there's nothing for me to grab onto, well, at least that's how I feel, 
I just have to start projecting like what could have been there, right? Okay. And I feel like some of that is in the movie, and that's why I'm responding to it, and that's what I liked. It's just they didn't want to focus on that. They wanted to, f- they drew back and wanted to focus on everything. But when you try to do that, you lose the little details. What do right? they call the movie, The Rise and Fall of NWA? Would that set like a different tone for you? Because it's it's all like the downfall, and everyone's splitting apart. Easy's health as well. Yeah, but I mean. You can, I guess my point here is, I can see, don't worry, I get there's an arc, there's a story, which is the rise and fall of the NWA, like you say, but there's no ultimate point of what they're trying to say that, like, when you do a rise and fall story, you have to say, okay, why did they fall, right, and then what does that say about us, especially when it's very famous people like that, Yeah. right, or else you can, any story is, like, you can tell, you can use any characters to tell the story of, like, a rise and fall. But if you want to use the NWA, you have to say, okay, why NWA? Why is that important to us? Were you hoping that, I guess you were hoping that the movie would have more context to relate to some of the bad things that were happening around now? Because I was, yeah, in a way, I'm, I was hoping for it, but I wasn't going to hold it against the film if it didn't have it. Yeah. As long, again... I don't want the film to say anything specific. I just wanted it to say something. And to me, I'm, that's ultimately my position here, is that I just don't feel like the film is saying anything. Um, I do agree a bit. I know this, like, a few days ago, my mom had asked me, like, oh, what uh, what movie are you guys doing for the podcast this weekend? And I mentioned Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that movie's going to cause issues and I'm like I'm like what what is that supposed to be <laughs> don't watch it <laughs> she's like it's watch your words carefully mom she's like it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a scary place to like at at the theater and people watching it because <laughs> oh but I thought it was like really important to watch it because of what's happening right now yeah like, but that's but brutality. because of like how fuck the police became an anthem back then they thought that because she she was saying that it uh, would be super easy for that sort of mentality to go into some of the younger generation okay, now yeah. and then kind of cause riots and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there was similar talk back when uh, Do the Right Thing came out. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's not... I, I can't compare the two and say, like, with that one, I can see it a bit more. With this one, it's more like... It's really just addressing the songs and stuff that they, that yeah, they came it, up with. If it's doing anything at all, it's just celebrating the NWA. And it's yeah. not going to make anyone riot. That's just going to make someone go buy the album, which is exactly what they want to happen. True. Makes That's, sense that uh, isn't Dre like also the, booksmarked hit the, the, al- the CD with a new album, too. Exactly. Isn't it like their 25th anniversary, too, this year? 80. I, I think I read it somewhere. Didn't they come out in 89? It came out in 89. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think last year was the 25th anniversary. Yeah, I don't find it wrong to celebrate. The no, no, don't get me wrong. The NWA is awesome, and uh, as one, that's the thing. Oh God, I'm playing that if it was the movie I wanted, but um, you can do that and still say something essentially. Use one okay, message. I keep reiterating this, and it might get annoying to some people, but that's what I feel is the ultimate purpose of movies and art, right? Is to have some sort of significance to us as people right not just to be naked commercialism which is what i feel this movie is right like don't get me wrong i'm gonna go buy that compton album because <laughs> i love uh, i started to listen to that yeah no, i almost bought it but everywhere i went and i went to three different stores that were sold out really yeah jesus 
Well, it makes sense. I mean, what? He was making detox for like 12 years and then... Dr. Dre came up with a new album. Let's <laughs> <laughs> buy it. 16. Yeah, he promises detox 12 years, does, cancels it. Compton yeah. announces it five days before it's released. Wasn't it like this guy two? guy has to get his priorities right. Uh-huh. Wasn't it like two days? Yeah, something I like swear. Because I, I remember I was on the... I thought it was a week before the movie came out. I don't know. Yeah. No, it was a week before it came out, but I'm talking yeah. like he announced it like a, uh, like a day or three yeah. before it, the actual CD came out. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. being online and I was like... And they're just like... Dre's going on like his radio show and whatever and I was just like that I was like whatever what's he gonna say I was like I don't care and they're just like there's a new album it comes out on Friday and they're it's like not it, it, it's Wednesday yeah <laughs> it's cancelled this is my like big finale and I'm like what the fuck is going on right now so everyone's rolled upside down um guess what Joe did you want like a the message to be more like how should I say it like because they you said they're celebrating NWA like mm-hmm. more and more and that took away from the message of the movie? No, it's... I feel... It's not that it took away from the message of the movie. It's that there almost seems to have been no intent to give a message. Do you know what I mean? And wait, again, it sounds like I'm saying a movie has to be an after-school special, which I think is a line in the movie about uh, yeah, and easy's like, Boys I in like the Hood, them. which is a movie I, I'm like, how did I not think of that for the double feature question later <laughs> on? Anyway, um, it's yeah. It's not that I felt it got in the way so much as it's all that exists in the movie, and so mm-hmm. because it's there and that's all I can latch onto, that's what I'm gonna talk about, right? You know, I uh, I'm usually the one who like does some of the <coughs> behind the scenes like research yeah, and stuff because I'm lazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I searched up that and, f- and saw that apparently movie was in talks be made before and it was going to be way more focused on uh, Jerry Heller mm-hmm. and apparently I feel like that would have been a huge mistake and Q was like well I, he heard about it and then was like we have to fix this <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then changed it around although uh, I mean it could still be interesting depending on what they do with it but just as an idea it sounds like you're taking the most important rap black music group in the past like 30 years yeah. and making it about a white guy yeah just talking about their manager yeah exactly um so. also uh then like the I believe Cube went to F. Gary Gray because he also worked with him on Friday uh and he also he directed like some of his music videos back in the day like uh it was a good day mm-hmm. I believe oh god I wish they played that song that's the one I could have rapped along to <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I thought that was uh, a little interesting I didn't know I I saw F. Gary Gray and the only thing I knew about his name was that Gary and Gray is an anagram of each other and it was funny <laughs> he also did the uh, the Italian job did he? yeah the remake? yeah oh, I remember sort of enjoying that I haven't I seen know. it in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen it at all no yeah. uh, also there was like the quote director's cut like their first draft of, like cut of it was nearly an hour longer oh my god <laughs> uh and they that's were, one complaint i have about this movie. it's so long it's kind of i wanted to go longer because really? they miss a lot of points they're supposed to be because there's a feud between though there was a feud between dr dre and easy and they did not go yeah not at all like easy had an album that had dr dre as a title but it got crossed out uh-huh. yeah they didn't go through that yeah. at all well i think that's part of the fact like they, they want to paint them as little nicer, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I felt like the ending was kind of rushed, though, because, like, 
how they're making amends and how easy he went up to yeah. Ice Cube and it's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I, I like your, you know, what do you say? I like, I like your, it was Boys in the Hood. Yeah, Boys in the Hood, and they, they just hugged it out and just talked. Yeah. I was like, really? Like, yeah, that's the part of the thing where I have with this movie is that there's no conflict. Like, there's a little bit for uh, like a, that whole yeah, the whole feuding stuff, and it's there and it's interesting, but then they just kind of get swept under the rug. But I thought the Ice Cube, um, his issue with the label, I thought that was well done. Oh yeah. I just wanted a bit more easy solo career. That scene was almost cut. The where he breaks the yeah. Apparently they wanted to to get rid of. The they event. needed to cut something, Andres. Not that see, scene. <laughs> I would have done with anything <laughs> after the riots. Um, something I did like a lot. It felt like it was six years long. I could have either gone to see that movie or gone to college again. <laughs> <laughs> I've wasted my life, Andre. Uh, uh, I'm way too harsh on this movie. I like it more than like Jurassic World, <laughs> and uh, I was less harsh on Jurassic World. One of the things I did like about it was I did like seeing the, uh, like the behind the scenes of the songs, even though I'm pretty sure that some of them were just kind of thrown in. I'm like, I'm like, there's uh, <laughs> Keith Stanfield. Yeah. Oh yeah, but when I saw him, I got a little happy. Is that the guy who played uh, Snoop Dogg? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was awkward. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. You didn't like it. I think he was like, like dead on. It's like, yeah, my name is Snoop D-O-Double-G. And I was like, oh, God. This guy's going to be Snoop Dogg. <laughs> it's super funny because I turned to him during the movie and I was like, I love this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, Keith Sanfield's amazing. And I won't doubt, I won't, I mean. Because it felt like he was playing a gimmick. Everyone yeah. else felt yeah. like they were like living the part. Yeah. I agree like, with you that like he's Tupac. He's playing yeah. a caricature of Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. But Snoop Dogg is such a caricature <laughs> come to life that I'm like, you know what? I can let this. Crack. Yeah, that's true. Like it was fun. Like yeah. I, I still had a smile on my face, yeah. but at the same time, I was like, uh, they couldn't find someone else better. I think they. I think they. It's just the wrong choice. Like maybe he should, like you say, maybe he should have played more of a human being <laughs> instead of a cartoon. Yeah, but exactly. uh, it was, it was yeah. so obvious that he was yeah. playing Snoop Dogg. I mean, the one thing about the whole behind the scenes thing, I felt like. There's no way. I don't know. I'm not a freestyle rapper. So <laughs> who knows? But I'm pretty sure some of these raps go through rewrites. Yeah. So when Snoop Dogg just drops the verse for Nothing But a G thing, like right yeah, there, I'm I like, was, there's no way it happened I, like that. I, I, <laughs> that's what I wanted to add on. It was like, like scenes like that, like not uh, the Boys in the Hood song from the beginning, mm-hmm. where you can see that it was obviously worked on and worked yeah. on. So that one was. Cruising down the street in my 6'4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. With nothing but a G thing, I do. I'm like, I liked it a bit, and then once he like spit the entire verse, and I'm just like, ah, yeah, like a little less. The whole verse, and even the whole Dre coming in with, uh, fuck, what's, what's his I don't name? Know the line. Shit, uh, I don't remember. ready to rip shit up. I think is that what he says. I don't know, but he just like, anyway. But yeah, Dre he, comes he in quickly, right on beat perfectly. He, he quickly just goes like, oh yeah, uh, he he calls him in, and then he just goes on, and I'm like. I haven't even seen Dre rap in the movie beforehand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they just totally on? rehearsed that. <laughs> just to show it. To- yeah, they totally gloss over the fact that Dre also had things written for him, too. Yeah. Because he doesn't rap at all in this movie. Um, well, yeah, everyone knows he doesn't rap. I know. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I mean, he just doesn't rap in the movie at all. I'm like, There was one line uh, when uh, Jerry turned to Easy and was just like, don't worry about it. I think uh, he's like, Ren writes better than Cube anyway. Oh, yeah. And the two people sitting in front of us 
just fucking started laughing and he's like did you hear what he said he thinks Ren is better than Cube and I was like that's that's the type of response this oh, that's another thing. it's funny though but I'm pretty sure Ren does have some respect in the in the in the in hip hop world because Nas has a line where he's like shouting out a bunch of rappers he's like is it MC Shen is it MC Ren yeah and so like well he wrote he did write a lot of stuff on that album yeah. I like looked up even some of uh, a lot of good Easy's uh, verses yeah. off Straight Outta Compton was like either written by him, ghostwritten, co-written, all yeah. that stuff. But to be fair, and how the movie does it as well, uh, at like most of the time, even though there's five members in the group, it was focused on the three. Yeah, yeah, and those are the ones that end up coming uh, out the of it. Important ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they focus on the perspectives of Easy, Dre, and uh, Ice Cube. and Ice Cube. I really want to see the perspective from MC Ren and yeah. DJ Yellow. Well, DJ Yellow, it was shown that he knew Dr. J before because yeah. they're in the club doing their thing. And to me, I thought he was portrayed very well because he seemed like the clown of the group. Yeah. yeah. I know Easy, he dropped like a lot of jokes too, but DJ Yellow, he made me laugh a lot. Yeah. But MC Ren, he was just kind of there. Yeah, I, I think they established that. Yeah. <laughs> I like Ren and I liked his. I, like I thought he was really good in the movie. I like when he came in and they're like, "You ready for this?" He's like, "I got libraries." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had like four books on him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I mean, the movie's already so bloated; we can't really add any more to it. I think. What did you think of the? I know, it, like, don't get me wrong. I understand there are some movies that you just want to live in them a little longer. Yeah, like yeah. Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings extended editions. They're ridiculously long, and they do not work at that length, but I still want to watch them every time because just being in I, that I world can't is do, so fun. I can't do what you do and do it one day, though. I, oh, I need that to was it up a little. an amazing no, I just thought that a lot. Because, like, a lot of music groups, obviously, there's always that one breakout star. Yeah. And right. so when the movie came out, I was like, okay, great. Because everyone knows about Easy and, yeah. like, the other two, Cube and Dre. I was want to know more about MC Ren mm-hmm. and, like, how he came. But he's just kind of there on a couch with Easy already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. I wanted exists. more. <laughs> yeah, because he was important in the group. Yeah, yeah. his first album w- went to platinum, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I believe so. I He's definitely one I want to check out more, but um, yeah, I just haven't gone around to it. What did you guys think of Tupac's quote cameo? No, uh, I loved it. I was not expecting it yeah. at all. Uh, actually, my cinema kind of went crazy too. You could hear everyone go like, oh, "It's Pac, it's Pac," <laughs> and it looked like it's on which is wait, candy. which is weird because the girl behind me, who I think was excited to see Tupac. Didn't know that uh, the the cops who beat up Rodney King were found innocent. Like she's like, oh my god, really? <laughs> like, Someone's not paying attention. Do you have like, class. yeah, <laughs> like do you have no knowledge of this? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but I, I love the Tupac cameo. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, and then like it's so uncanny that it like was scary. Was it a holographic? Yeah, what, no, it looked like a holographic. There's an actor who actually looks like him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I forgot his name. Damn. I don't know. I looked him up before, <laughs> yeah. like afterwards. It's Tupac. He's, he's alive. alive. <laughs> he's clone. <laughs> I, th- I think it was like getting chills. It was like mm. you guys both heard uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Yeah, yeah. And it was like the same thing at the end of uh, oh, yeah. Mortal Man. And I'm just like, I got chills while I was walking on the subway. It was a great year like, for Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna come back. <laughs> Gonna drop a new album. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to say about Straight Outta Compton? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I just said like, yeah, there's great chemistry between them. Like, they all went hard to um, make this film. I agree. The happen. acting is actually okay. Good. Good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause, no, because I was about to, I was about to compliment it, and then I was remembering there was a few times in the movie where I was like. 
that was delivered really flatly or whatever. But I mean, whatever. Was that, was that mostly by O'Shea? Like, no, the guy who played uh, no, Dre. Thought... Okay, because he, okay, he seemed like the more mature out of all of them. Yeah. And I I thought he did very good because like, mm-hmm. we all know Easy. He has like that attitude. He's the yeah. most charismatic and, you know, Ice Cube with that angry face. Yeah. So I, I think I played Easy. He was definitely really good. Oh, man, he was so good. Yeah. But like Dr. Dre, I thought he did very good too. He was like the leader. Basically, and he had, he had to step up and be mature. Yeah. No, there were, don't get me wrong. There were, for the most part, it's a good performance. It's just there was like just a moments. one or two lines where I was just like, Oof. but you know, whatever. Who cares? I don't really. But the scene where like he found his his brother died that almost brought me to tears. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah it was a tough moment. Was I feel tough. like I never barely knew his brother, so I was just like, eh. <laughs> but you can tell like how he was crying, and then yeah. all his brothers came. I was like, trust me, like yeah, okay, yeah, the together. sense of brotherhood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially since that's the inkling when we start to get inklings of Easy's kind of drifting away from the group, so it's nice to see something connect exactly. them again. But I don't know, I just never felt an emotional connection to these guys. What about the scene where Easy was in the hospital? Nope. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wow. I because <laughs> I wasn't connected. There was no conflict. There was nothing. Nothing for me to latch on to. <sighs> scene was so rough. It was really, right. you got you really affected by it that yeah. much? Because there are some parts in the movie where they detailed like Jerry was talking to Easy. Oh, so I, he didn't say this. Like it's not cool, but he said, "Oh, you banged this chick before, or like you were banging this chick." So you can tell Easy was out there, you know. Yeah, well, I think I think sex. one of the things he said is like you you can't fuck everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I went in my head. I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna go through this Easy yeah. uh, AIDS stuff." That's the thing. If they maybe, because well, everyone knows it's gonna happen. And so the way it happens in the movie, it's so quick that it just kind of comes on. And I guess you can make an argument that that's how a death is like, yeah. right? It just comes out of nowhere. But if we had got to see his sickness progress and we had lived in it... See, I kind of... I feel like that's, again, that's another separate whole story that you can dedicate a whole movie to on itself. And you could be saying something with it. But this movie wants to have everything before with NWA and then everything in between. And then... Eazy's death, and I just feel like it's way too much, and so we don't get to be with Eazy long enough in that sickness state to really feel the impact of his passing. I, I, I thought like dying over six months, something, like, and I mean, it, it feels just like, yeah, it feels like two minutes. Because uh, well, something you know. that I was expecting was because right before he gets uh, the diagnosis, he he calls up Dre, he sees Cube, and they're like trying to become a team again and like go record. I was expecting for it to, like, have the reveal that he already knew he was sick. Oh. And I thought that that was the reason why he was... Trying uh, to get NWA back together? Yeah. So then when it kind of went the other way, and I was just like, well, that's a weird coincidence. Sort yeah, of thing. I don't think... Was NWA ever actually really planning to get back together? This is where my history is. But... I think I read uh, up on it. I think they were. Really? Yeah. I'll try and look... Um, for yesterday, but based on the Wikipedia, I <laughs> <find> <laughs> no, because for me it just almost rings false. Because I'm pretty sure Ice Cube had a song where he makes fun of Easy E's HIV. Really? In one line or something like HIV make your dick hang sideways or some shit like that. Really? Oh, yeah, man. that's cold. Uh, that's I why don't I don't know. It could have been just a general line about HIV, but it was I don't know it, it's, it's so close to it, when Easy yeah. was diagnosed that I'm not sure if it was directed at him or not I gotta that, check that, that out that's yeah. that's also I can't remember of, what the song was though. that's the type of line where it's just like it 
could be a jab, but it could also just be like just a reference. Yeah, just but most likely it's a jab. Yeah, it probably I mean, is. Dude, those guys sucks. are like poking each other back and forth. Which that <laughs> that no Vaseline song from Ice Cube? That's a diss track where he like diss everyone in yeah. the Man, that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even DJ Yellow, he was like, man, that, that was pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that line. I mean, I like that scene because it's cool to see. Because you never actually get to see people react when they hear the beef track directed yeah, exactly. at them. So it's cool to see that. Especially with the whole thing going on now with Drake and Meek Mill. Oh, yeah. Even though Meek Mill is just cowering in a corner somewhere. And I'm not even a fan of Drake. I think Drake Junior. is the easiest rapper to make fun of. And so Mil- Meek Mill just totally dropped the ball. His name is Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're from Toronto. You he's have from, a little pride. He's, he's fucking middle class Toronto. What the hell? Meek Mill, you have all the ammunition in the world. He grew up in Forest Hill. Shots at Drake. (laughs) Shots fired. I want to hear my charged up or back to back. (laughs) Stop this. We're going to get shot. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm going to get a lotion slap. (laughs) Anyway. The the uh, one last thing. uh, The the buy Felicia line. Oh, yeah. My friend. I had no idea what that was. (laughs) I was, uh, but my friend told me what it was. I knew a little bit about it. I knew, like, I didn't really, uh, I, we'll talk about that after, but, like, I saw the movie where it was from afterwards, so then it had a little context, but then, but I also know, like, it's this meme, this yeah. sort of thing that's going around all over the place, Apparently right? it's so, something you say when, like, I don't know, can you explain it better? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But, like, by fully, as it was explained to me, it's something like, when you're saying you say to someone to dismiss them sort of yeah. thing like bye Felicia or whatever it's, it's, it's like if somebody kind of does something stupid is yeah. that way I see you it just, I was like fuck off kind of thing yeah, so yeah. did I come from the... it, but it came from Friday because in Friday there's a character who's like always trying to buy weed or something oh yeah Felicia, Felicia. oh yeah, yeah. Felicia. I just watched it yesterday yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and at one point they say bye Felicia or something. but they say it a few times because yeah. she just like keeps going and she's like she's like just just let me use this just yeah. let me use this and they're just like just buy just, but uh but then apparently, like that was that was an ad lib. Oh, by O.C. Yeah. Jackson Jr. So like, the scene was apparently supposed to like he was just gonna push her out of mm-hmm. the room like he does, <laughs> and then just like walk in. But then like one of the t- when they're doing a take, he turns to like F. Gary Grant. He's just like, what if, what if I say this line? Yeah. What if I say it? And then he says it, and everybody just started laughing. They're like, mm-hmm. we're fucking keeping this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I mean it. I didn't know the context, so I didn't see the joke yeah, but I my laughed, friend was like oh. I laughed I would have laughed more yeah. uh, if I'd seen Friday first yeah. but no my friend turns me he's like I see what they did there yeah. <laughs> I just laughed because I thought it was funny yeah <laughs> he was kind of ruthless yeah but it was really mean yeah. I will say this movie is record label. ruthless <laughs> yeah you can use a line in the movie to defend this next point against what I'm gonna say where uh, their art is a reflection of the reality or whatever but this movie is strangely homophobic in that there's just casual drops of like faggot and fag and all that when? Don't, no, you don't, they said it only once. one no they say it earlier too no when? well sorry they say faggot once no no they definitely say it more than times I've heard it I heard it multiple times no because he's like when they say he has uh, HIV he's like but I'm, but I'm not a fag he says I'm not a faggot that's the one that's the only time he says faggot but they say fag earlier I don't remember hearing him saying it. I remember no, I remember hearing it because I was like, Jesus Christ. I remember but there's also the even point that the fact that they don't say it much, which is odd. No, I've even they don't say it that much. Don't get me wrong. 
It's like maybe three times in a fucking six-year-long movie. <laughs> but <laughs> um, there's still like homophobic like slur, uh, statements made, like when with Lorenzo's character, they're like, uh, or sorry, when Doctor Dre's wearing that jacket, and they're like. Where's your boyfriend or some shit like that, you know? But, you know, stuff like that. it's 89 and it's... it's no, but it's, I know, but you're also I making know. a movie in 2015. You should have either... If you're either... You should make it a point to show that this is wrong or just eliminate it entirely. I mean, like, I, I feel like they're going wrong. This. They're showing everything. Like, even how they treat their women and all those parties. Part of the too. reason why... But it's about tone and how you present that stuff. Yeah, they're treating the women awfully and... But they're glorifying it. And again, this gets into a weird debate that exists with rap anyway, where it's a double standard where, like, they say horrible shit and glorify horrible shit, but it's awesome, right? <laughs> and it's uh, a fantasy. But at the same time, there's there's an you have to admit that it's sort of problematic. Two things I want to touch on before we go to the question, because this podcast is going to be six years long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least there's shit happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Damn. Uh, part of the reason why there was the extra hour uh, for the director's cut was because they wanted to try and touch on the misogyny in their lyrics, apparently. Yeah. And that's what was cut out. Yeah, they didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. I mean, I can see they sort of dampened it throughout. Yeah. And, it's, and it's cool. At least they recognized it and made an effort. And I will say, yeah, the misogyny part... It was dampened, but it was the homophobic part that I felt um, was still present. The other thing... Casually present, too. One more to add on to what I thought of the finale with that last montage that, like, ends the, the movie. I was kind of okay with it, showing, like, where the different people kind of ended up and what they did with their career. <laughs> and then there's the shot of Dre checking his Apple stock. Yeah, that was horrible. And I was like, "Fuck this!" And I was like, "Wow!" Was that, like, exact, that actually, that <laughs> is the perfect ending of the movie because it's just naked fucking commercialism. And it was, uh, it was. Yeah, that's the. the it was weird. It was weird. And then the whole it probably, out of place. like Easy did. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, not Easy. Uh, Ice Cube went on to do all this stuff, movies and shit. And Dr. Dre sold beats for this much million dollars. It's like, really? You know, like, like is that fuck? a notable achievement? In there's, a, fucking, there's a in random the... Kendrick Lamar cameo. Which yeah. I was happy about. No, I, I was, was happy, and I thought they were going to like get other rappers something. to like, talk there's, about there's it. The, yeah, in, there's, uh, when the trailer came out, uh, there was like that introduction that was tagged onto it where you had Cube and Dre going around the city, and he talked to uh, Kendrick and also yeah, Kendrick actually interviewed the whole interview. Yeah, I want to see that interview. It's like twenty five minutes long. Yeah, uh, but he but then also in that trailer they also talked to uh, the game, and I was expecting like the game to pop up for because it's the same oh, thing, yeah. and I was just like I was like what the fuck. You saw Eminem in fifty. The movie yeah. forgot the game like everyone else did. <laughs> Shots fired out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and MC Ren I'm going to have seems. like six uh, beef tracks di- or diss tracks aimed at me. We'll play it next week. <laughs> it was funny because I was checking like, okay, so what happened to MC Ren and DJ Yell after the whole Andy Ray? So I checked. Um, MC Ren, yeah, he still put out some albums, mm-hmm. but nothing really significant. But DJ Yell, he, he became a adult film director. Really? Oh, I heard about that. For like, I think 13 Anything years. Anything I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Yeah, I'm interested to see if Kendrick goes into that into that in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell like he, was, he also acted in a few, didn't he? No, no, no. He's just a director. Oh, I yeah. thought I read that he acted in some. If he did, that's I mean that's hilarious. Based on the movie, you can tell like he was really like a horny kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, if you're gonna go into one film business, <laughs> it's not a bad one again. And it said successful. Went into one, and he went into the other. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, before we move on to the question, I wanted to ask you guys one quick question: Top right. three rap albums. Oh, oh! Fuck. How can you do this? <laughs> oh. I'll give mine. I'll give mine. Well, you guys think. I really gotta think for Num- six years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for six. Uh, number three. I will say In order. I can't do <laughs> orders. <laughs> oh, you don't have to do orders. Uh, I know two. What? I know two right now. I know I two. You know two. Other one. Okay, no, my number three is probably Nas's Illmatic. Okay. Number two. Uh, I want to say mm Food by MF Doom. Okay. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> and then number one is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by the Kanye West. Okay. Okay, I know my three now. Do you know your three? Did I, I just I, give them to you? No, no, no. <laughs> I only have two, but you go ahead. I still got to think. Uh, I'm not going to go with order, but I, uh, I'll i have Kanye's late registration. Okay, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's a fucking masterpiece, too, but um, of all of them. I forgot <laughs> the title of the album, but it, it's, it's... Who's Wu- the artist? Wu-Tang's first album. 36 no. Chambers? Yeah. Enter the 36 Chambers, yeah. 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 And uh, I was listening to it on the way, but uh, oh fuck, that is a really good one. Yeah. That is. Uh, it's in my top five, but it's I can't I can't put it over any other ones in my top three. Uh, Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I don't even think that's those... in my top ten. Well, Rude. not in order. Yeah. I got to say, Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah. Um, I'm regretting not putting it on my. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> um, Mad Villain. Yeah, well, Mad Villainy, the yeah. album. That was the one I was like, mm, food or Mad Villainy? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was actually debating on which yeah. one I should choose. Even Op- Operation Doomsday, I was. Yeah. I that's them. the one I haven't heard because I want to find the copy of the original release. Oh yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I actually bought the CD. Um, it's a two disc CD and the uh, second CDs all instrumentals. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And the third one, I'm still thinking about it. Um, man. This um, this shit's tougher than okay. the question of the week. <laughs> I gave the CD to Andreas, but it's Zarface. Oh, yeah. It's Inspector Deck from the Wu Tang yeah. and um, Esoteric and Seven L, who's a producer, and they bought like the boom bap um, Eastern uh, New York sound, yeah. and they modernized it. And I am in love with the album. Yeah. And they put out another album this year too, so I can't decide which one's better. So I'm nice. just gonna say Zarface. I was going to bring those for you back, and I forgot. I was not going to take them because I don't have a bag. So. <laughs> Perfect. It all worked out. <laughs> I will check that out because I wanted to get a, an album by each of the members. So check I, out Zarface. Yeah, I will check out Zarface or Inspector you, you saw them at my house last time, I believe. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't know, and then I saw it, looked on the side and said Inspector Deck. I'm like, what? I remember you asked me, you're like, is Inspector Deck on this? And I was like, yeah. I think so. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Cut to the clip. The story of life is this. Static. One hand is always fighting the other hand. And the left hand is kicking much ass. I mean, it looks like the right hand love is finished. But hold on, stop the presses. The right hand's coming back. Today's question is, what is the best movie to double feature with Do the Right Thing? We've all seen Do the Right Thing. Let's talk about it a bit. Andres, I know you have been watching it for the past three months, on and off, <laughs> apparently. I don't remember if I've seen it twice or three times now, but... Uh, 
Okay, never mind. It's much more than, than I thought. I thought you saw it like four times. Oh no, it's, it's at most three. Okay. I want I want to see it more, but because uh, it's one thing people for uh, in discussing how important it is, we shouldn't sidestep the fact that it's incredibly fun to watch as well, even though it gets into serious stuff at the end and stuff. Yeah, it's still up to that point. It's like it's funny, it's uh, it's just fun. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it was a movie that I've heard about for years, and I finally went and and picked it up. And since then, it's been like doing the rounds with my friends at work, and just like being passed around because I'm like everybody should watch this when mm-hmm. they get a chance because it's 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 like you said, like it's not only important but it's also a great movie. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I know you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. He actually let me. He was one of the right. people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really honored. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I actually really loved the movie. It was the first time seeing it, mm-hmm. and yeah, I agree. It was funny. It was real. Um, the ending. That's when it got serious. Yeah. And that's when I stopped laughing. I just paid attention to my screen. Because the genius of that movie is how it builds the the tension between all these characters slowly throughout the thing so yeah you're having fun but at the same time it's setting all this ground for yeah. the conflict that's coming later because it's escalating with the heat of the day and it came out in the 80s right yeah I think 89 89 yeah and it's so same. relevant like today's society exactly it's just the same way because we're having all those problems are just cycling back through which is gonna get into why I think my movie is appropriate but um mine too yeah okay all of <laughs> me three yeah <laughs> Anyway, I guess let's have that discussion. Andres, what did you pick? I picked Fruitvale Station. Fuck, because I still have to see that. <laughs> you fucked up. It's forty dollars. <laughs> it's on Netflix. I don't have Netflix. Oh, Eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and a good fucking Wi-Fi, which I do not necessarily have. Yeah. Um, Fruitvale Station was directed by uh, Ryan Coogler, who pretty much came out of film school with this. And Forrest Whitaker was one of the people who saw what he was doing in film school and was like, I need to step behind him and, mm-hmm. and kind of push this forward. And I remember seeing it, I think, what year did it come out? 2012? Recently, I think 13. No, 2012, that sounds right. Yeah, I remember, I saw it, I remember, I think it played at Sundance and I heard about it. And once it came to Toronto, I was like, I have to go see it. And just like uh, do the right thing, I spent like the last twenty minutes in tears. Yeah. And it's just the difference between the uh, Fruitvale Station's based on a real life person, on Oscar Grant's life, and we follow we we follow him in his last twenty four hours. And the movie actually opens with uh, footage of the actual event, and it's. It's a constant reminder of where the movie is going to go. And with that, you're still invested and you know all the things that are going to happen. And it's that much more impactful when it does. Because uh, even though it's recreation, a dramatization of the whole thing, you still get the feeling that you are watching it happen. And that's partially because of the the cinematography in it because it's all done by handheld and the the cinematographer was Rachel Morrison who this year did Dope which would have been uh, still haven't seen that it's so good we think it's really good Uh, but 
that would have been my second choice for this this question. Um, Will? Actually, Dope was actually going to be my second choice, too. Yeah. But the reason I didn't pick is because I thought it dealt with an individual more than, like, the whole environment. Yeah. And, yeah, so the movie I picked is Friday. Because oh. what I got from Friday and Do the Right Thing Damn. is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Chris Tucker. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they both have that vibe. And I got to live through what, like, a normal day in, you know... Uh, not really developed neighborhood. Yeah. How like how the uh, how each character lives throughout the day and stuff. Um, dope was just about this character how he doesn't fit in well. I mean like I totally relate to that, but yeah. I felt like for do the right thing Friday was um, relatable. And plus they're both funny, <laughs> and at the end it got serious, especially when um on Friday I forgot the main character's name. I'm really uh, bad with names. Cubes name? Yeah. Uh, Craig. Yeah, Craig, how he had to... He's contemplating if he should shoot Debo or just yeah. fist fight. So that got serious. That, it wasn't as serious as, I like, not, do the right thing. I was not uh, expecting that scene because I, I think I've seen, like, clips here and there yeah. over the past decade or so. Uh, but I'd never seen it in full. So when they came to that scene and uh, you hear the gunshot and then it's, like... And it cuts to, like, that flashback montage and I was just like oh shit yeah the first time I heard that gunshot I was like oh that's it he actually shot him and I was like what the fuck and then and then it like goes back and it's like he he puts the gun down and I was just like okay okay I've never actually seen Friday I really want to man okay you gotta watch Friday you gotta watch Dope I I have so many movies to watch (laughs) it's what Dope I because we were doing this podcast and we never did dope for the podcast so that's why I couldn't watch it that week because I don't go to the theater much unless we do it for this not that I don't go much it's that we go on the weekends yeah and so I, I usually watch what we're going to talk about and we never talked about dope so I never got a chance to see dope I want to see it and when I will it, when is dope Fruve Station is 40 fucking dollars let me reiterate <laughs> that I do not have 40 dollars to spend on a single actually. blu-ray he's like, oh, 40, Jesus and Friday is just I don't know I haven't seen it my friend has <laughs> yeah that's the most I can give too is a sigh alright <laughs> I'll watch I've seen the clips and it looks funny um, it's not good enough <laughs> uh, my movie is a documentary by the name of Central Park 5 by the very famous very influential uh, documentarian Ken Burns I did not know that it was Ken Burns until yeah. the because it's so uncharacteristic of his work right yeah but it's so he did it because his uh, daughter turned him onto the case but the movie covers, or the documentary covers, uh, the f- 1980, I think it's 89, uh, rape case of this white woman in it's Central 89. Park, yeah, um, who, and the local officials charged five uh, black teenagers with the crime, despite the fact that they were nowhere near the area where she was uh, attacked, and when they... Oh, uh, the main evidence, the fact that the main evidence against them at the time was their confessions, because they they were held for upwards of 30 hours in questioning, which is almost borderline illegal. Also, right? the fact and they were teenagers. They were like they 14 to 16 yeah. years old. Sorry, wow. I should reiterate that. And so they were questioned, they were fed information so that w- they were promised you could go home if you just give us your confession or whatever. <sighs> So they just, because they're kids, right? They're just looking for a way. They're like, okay, whatever. I I was there. I didn't do anything, but I was there. And so they all implicated each other and themselves by putting themselves in the scene. 
And so they use their confessions to charge them and eventually imprison them. And so they were held up to words of seven years. I think one in one case Six it was eleven. Yeah. Is this a true story? Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, right? a true story. Okay. It's a documentary. Um, so yeah, up to eleven years. And so in the movie, the person who comes out looking the best is the guy who actually committed the crime because the actual serial rapist, which is insane because he heard the story of these kids, or he heard through one kid who was in uh, in the jail with him, heard that they were wrongfully accused. He's like what the hell this is horrible i did that <laughs> and so because he confessed to it they were finally pardoned and let go but they've already lost so many years of their lives seven years yeah up to up to 11 oh yeah that um but it's like it's already messed with them one guy prime years of your life like yeah 15 one guy fell into right? a life of crime because you know he had no other options because being a former convict he couldn't find a job other people just went wanted to disappear. So he, one guy, Anton McCray, doesn't even show yeah. show his face in the film, and it just you know it messes with you, right? Yeah, you you, you lose your childhood, and th- so I felt it's appropriate to watch it with Do the Right Thing because not it gives you some real world context for what Do the Right Thing is covering because it takes place in the z- same year, it's covering the same city, and it's showing the hatred that existed the unspoken divide between the races in New York City and all of America at the time. And so it just helps, gives you, I think, a little more understanding of Do the Right Thing's message and how it still ties into the present day. Because like those kids, we um, there's just these years that we haven't addressed, right? And there's this, this issue of injustice that we still haven't fucking fixed, <laughs> mm-hmm. to put it bluntly. Right. Anyway, so to get all deep and heavy there, Damn. that was my <laughs> choice. I'm gonna check that out. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I can lend it to you. I have it. Um, and it is on Netflix, if, oh, so yeah. it's up to you. You have eight dollars in Wi-Fi. So <laughs> <laughs> Watch it on fucking Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I just want to mention something that I found great about uh, Central Park Five was the fact that even though you constantly feel the the hatred to all the police who and, and the and, media and the media, media especially because the media was the one who hounded on these kids like saying oh uh they called them what the wolf pack yeah they said they were wilding whatever they was inventing all these terms just to make them look uh, like are monsters they friends? Huh? Or do they know each other the they, they knew each other like because they were just neighborhood kids right like the way uh, you'd see so like your neighbor you're like not okay. necessarily friends with them but you recognize them think of friday how yeah. they everybody knew each other but they they didn't hang out together. Yeah. It was just this one night co- yeah. coincidence where there was a pack of 30, yeah. Yeah. 20 to 30 kids. pack, that's the word of the... I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, no, there's these, like, there was this a big group. group of kids, right? And they're all just kind of going. They're doing mischief, but the same sort of mischief you do as a teenager, right? Some of them got a little out of hand, but whatever. Some of them uh, were... Nothing you go to jail for seven years for. Well, I mean, one of them was like beating up on a homeless guy yeah. with something. They were they did some stupid shit, but yeah, like but not, stuff. Yeah, yeah. not that bad. Yeah, no, they didn't fucking rape a woman. Anyway, um, the media got a hold of the story and made them look like monsters. So everyone wanted them. They were talking about bringing back the death penalty for teenagers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that so that part is very very easy to like like be angry about but then we they cut back to the four the, the five kids and you never got the sense that they were really angry 
because they were just tired, man. Yeah, just, was, that's what the, I think the overwhelming sense is. You guys, that they're just like sad that it all happened in the first place. They're just happy to be out. And it, it so there's no anger. I feel like jail just sapped them of their anger at that point. To me, it was a little nice to see that even though they went through such a shitty ordeal, that they kind of still stayed good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, I will, but if you, I will, I want to get mad because there's the, also that other part where they mention that during the whole case with the these kids, there was another rape and murder, but it was because they were both black. They got like a little oh. notice in the newspaper and then never talked about it again. There was a uh, a woman who was thrown off a roof after being raped. Is she black? Yeah, yeah they, both, and uh, they, they were, were both black, black, and that's why it got no coverage at all. But because but because it was, it was, a, it was an five black kids accu- uh, accused of raping a white woman, they went ballistic. Oh no! Yeah, that makes me so mad. <laughs> exactly. That's why this movie is designed i think to make you angry and fucking go out and do something or fuck even make the smallest change in like the way we speak is enough but oh, anyway sorry i'm getting riled up <laughs> yeah. so when we that, all- that's why i love that movie because it's like it's angry and i feel like it again it gets into the do the right thing thing where you have the duality of human nature right you have the martin luther king side but then sometimes the malcolm x is you feel like there's no other option and i, I get that and Central Park 5 is, I feel, leans more towards the Malcolm X side of the picture. You know what I mean? This one, the three of us decide if we should chant, fuck the police or fight the power. <laughs> Both, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, let's get serious here. <laughs> pick up Do the Right Thing, pick up Friday, pick up Fruitvale Station, pick up Central Park 5. And, and Fruitvale, Sta- Fruitvale Station's on Netflix, you don't have to drop 45 yeah. bucks. <laughs> it's just me, I like owning shit, I'm an idiot. Go on, sorry, well. Oh, I'm just saying, pick up dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will pick it up when it comes out. Is it out yet? I uh, don't think so because I probably would have had it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess no. I'll, or or you can pick it up and lend it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the podcast. Go watch those movies. You can find me at Jeff Ped, I think. <laughs> on Letterbox. <laughs> I never get this right. This is the recurring last, joke. Last week you had it. Did I? Fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm regressing. Up now? <laughs> uh, Jeff Pet on Letterbox, Jeff underscore Pet on Twitter, and Jeffrey underscore Petanera. Nope, just Jeffrey Petanera. Pretty no, sure it's, it's underscore. Just, it it underscore? Has, I think it's underscore at, on Instagram. Okay, you search it. Uh, Will, where, search. Can, where can we find you? Mine is so easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Will Mador. I'm a fucking moron. Like, <laughs> three different things. Yeah. You solidify your brand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, just Will Medora, just on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, that's it. Snapchat, but don't follow me on Snapchat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's underscore by the way, Jeffrey oh, underscore Petternary. Yeah. Well, all right, I, I fucked. Know. I fucked up. Yeah. Your user, sorry. <laughs> um, mine's simple too. And that's the end of the show. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Letterbox, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all just at Pocket Writer. Super easy. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> next week, I think we're taking it off. I this is actually my last episode for a long time, so I will be. You're bowing. doing cop car. Oh, sorry. There's two weeks left in August. Okay, I'll be here for <laughs> cop car. But yeah, next week we're taking a break. Yes, next week we're off, and then on I never know what's going on. Nope. <laughs> I have the schedule. I'm do all the schedule stuff. Yeah. Uh, he does on, literally everything. <laughs> on the 28th, I'm we're bad. doing uh, cop car, and it's a smaller film yeah. directed by John. 
Watts, who's uh, now has a job to direct the next Spider-Man film. Exciting. So because it's an indie film and we're and there's the only other movie coming out that week is uh, Z for Zachariah, and I'm not even sure if I don't know what the hell that is. I'm not even sure if we're gonna get it in Toronto. <laughs> I, it sounds like such a limited release. I've, se- I've seen the poster. It's at Carlton. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. Um, Either way, we're going with cop cars. Yeah, like cop car. More interesting. I have. We, I don't think we have a question. Well, we never have questions. We. Yeah. I have like, I have until Christmas planned out for some yeah. movies. <laughs> I have no questions <laughs> written though. Okay, we'll, f- we'll figure something. We have a week. Um, we have two. Two weeks actually. Yeah. I think we uh, we'll post something about it, and I don't know if anyone cares. <laughs> um, till then, consider this week's question: What is the best double feature with "Do the Right Thing"? We have cop, uh, not cop car. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Our choices were Friday, Central Park Five, and whatever Andres said, Fruitvale Station. I'm interested <laughs> to see if cop car would be a good double feature. Probably not. I don't no, know if no, no. We'll we'll keep an eye out. <laughs> All right. See you next time on Film.